Welcome to The Milking Parlor, a podcast for dairy industry professionals. This episode of The Milking Parlor is sponsored by Novus International for better health and better nutrition. Find out more at dairybalance.com. Dairy farmers around the country are expressing concern over the drop in prices for their products, and the U.S. Departments of Agriculture and Justice have launched a series of hearings to look into several ag-related issues. At one of the latest ones, held at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack told reporters that the extreme loss of dairy farmers nationwide is not just a case of the industry getting better at what it does. The fact that we've gone in 10 years from 111,000 dairy farms in this country to 65,000 isn't just simply because people have become more efficient. Uh, While that may be true, I think we heard today uh, the difficulties that many producers, both large and small, have in a marketplace that they feel uh, is not responsive uh, and not as balanced as it needs to be. Bill Sack says they're looking at transparency issues and how to offer more risk management tools to producers across the country, as well as consumer and trade concerns. Meanwhile, Assistant Attorney General Christine Varney says her office is looking at margins. We have an entire workshop in December in Washington, December 8th, on margins particularly. I think there were a lot of issues raised about competition at the processor level and, as the Secretary said, the mercantile. So those are all things that we'll be following up on and talking about. Bill Sachs says one of the most concerning things they're hearing is how the message has become more consistent across the country, that the dairy industry is in trouble no matter where you look. Much different than just a year ago. What we are hearing is a consistency in message which hasn't always been the case in terms of uh, operations from various uh, geographic regions of the country or various sized operations. Uh, I think anyone who has looked at these issues for as long as we've looked at them will tell you that the difficulty has been to try to get consensus among the various regions of the country and the dairy operations within those regions and among the operations of various sizes. Uh, As I traveled when uh, when I began my uh, uh, role as secretary, In the early part of 2009, when we first began to hear of real concerns about the uh, pricing, uh, I would hear folks in in New England say, if you just do what we're doing in New England, if the rest of the country would do this, everything would be fine. Then I'd travel to Wisconsin, and folks would say, if you just focus on how we do things in Wisconsin, everything will be fine. I'd go to California, and they say, well, the rest of the country is great, but we have a much better circumstance and situation in California, and if we just applied that, to the rest of the country, we'd all be okay. And then you go to New Mexico and they say, you know, the rest of the country doesn't even realize what a significant impact we are on the dairy industry, and if they did, they'd do what we do. So now what you're hearing a year later is consistency, which is this is an industry that is hurting. Uh, There are producers, large and small, who feel squeezed. There are a variety of circumstances and reasons for it, but there is now, and the reason I asked the question at the end is, do you think you're now ready as an industry, not as a region, but as an industry, to look for consensus. And I got the impression that that they are. That is significant. And that is how you will affect change, is by having that consensus. The crisis is moving people to consensus, that there has to be significant action. Barney says that's why they've gone to the field for these workshops, not just on dairy, but a variety of ag issues. 
we're here to, to understand how the industry operates in total, and that's what we've done in each workshop that we've held so far. In Iowa, we were looking at seeds and grains. In Alabama, we're looking at poultry. Here, we're looking at dairy. In every workshop, we're learning, uh, back to your previous question, I get new information, at least. I'm, I'm fairly certain when we get back to Washington, there will be a CFTC, DOJ, USDA conversation about CME and how that's working. So if anything, we get new information, we take that information, and we talk to each other. And that, I think, is a big change, the coordination that you're seeing in the government about where are the problems. Are we out here making a list? No. But when people bring us information, we will follow up. Vilsack made it clear they don't have a hidden agenda of reformulating the law regarding cooperatives. They just want to make sure producers are treated fairly and rural America, again, becomes a great place where people want to live and work. There had been some indication when we first announced uh, the, these uh, hearings that there was a purpose behind it that uh, that involved the Capra-Volstead, which uh, we're trying to make sure uh, there's no misunderstanding about what this is really about. What this is about is basically what we just heard. Uh, producers who feel squeezed, producers who feel concerns about the fairness of the market and don't think that it's working for producers, uh, and whether or not there are steps that either uh, our two departments uh, independently or in conjunction with each other can take uh, to create a fairer marketplace. And this is really about part of our overall strategy at USDA to help rebuild and repopulate rural communities and rural economies. It's tough to do uh, if in 10 years you go from 111,000 dairy farms to 65,000. That means somebody is no longer in the business, probably someone is no longer living in rural, uh, rural America, someone's not contributing economic activity uh, as they once did, and that's, that has been reflected in overall uh, issues involving uh, rural America. So we want to make sure we send a, 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 a a message that there is no hidden agenda here. It's very obvious what we're trying to do. Varney says they'll be working together to see what kind of effect markets such as the Chicago Mercantile Exchange are having on price volatility. The first thing we're going to do is sit down and talk to each other. So we'll get the right people from USDA, the right people from the CFTC, the right people from DOJ, and we'll begin to make an assessment of the of how the exchange is working. And whenever you have a market that that's that is as thinly traded as this appears to be, it's an area that you really want to think about. I don't think either of us would presuppose what the issues are, the exact definition of the problem, and therefore couldn't presuppose what the solutions might be. Vilsack adds that USDA has been trying to educate the public on just what good of a deal consumers have been getting on food, maybe a little too good of deal compared to what the farmers are being compensated. We are blessed in this country in the sense that, that the rest of us who are not farmers uh, have greater flexibility in our paycheck because we spend less of a percentage of our paycheck on food than most, uh, if not all, industrialized nations and certainly more than developing nations. Uh, we spend about 10 to 50, about 10 percent, I've seen 10, 7 percent, seen 10 percent, somewhere between 7 and 10 percent of our take-home pay on food, generally. The, most developed nations, it's 20 to 25 percent. So we have an extra 10 to 15 percent flexibility in our, in our budget, our family budgets, in part, because of, in, par, in part because of how productive our farmers are. I think they feel uh, two things. One, they don't feel they're getting a fair shake of the overall piece of the pie. And secondly, and perhaps as importantly, they don't think their contribution is as recognized and appreciated by the general public and the consuming public as it ought to be. And I think they're right about that. Uh, it, because we have so few farmers as a percentage of our population and because we are now so far removed from family members who were on the farm, 
there are generations of Americans growing up thinking that farm, food comes from a grocery store and are thankful to the grocer because they get a, 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 you know, a bargain price on, on milk today or a bargain price on butter. Uh, they really need to be thankful to the farmer. And then I think we need to ask the question within the existing resource that is being spent, is it being fairly and equitably distributed among those who produce, those who process, those who, who, who truck, those who retail? Uh, and I think that's basically what uh, these hearings are about, is to sort of raise those questions. We've heard them discussed out in the country, but there hasn't been the focus that these hearings have, have, have brought to this issue. And I think as you bring focus to the issue, I guarantee you that within a couple of hours, the folks on the CME are going to be asking the question, well, you know, what, what do we have to do to educate folks about the role we play? And, and the retail uh, folks are, are probably, one, uh, you know, thinking, well, geez, maybe we need to think about greater relationships with local producers, and maybe we do need to think about the allocation and, and distribution of these resources. Vilsack says if we don't take a look now at the price farmers are being paid for their product, we run the danger of running the American farmer, the producer, to the entire world permanently out of business. Thanks again to Novus International for sponsoring this episode of the Milking Parlor. Find out more about better health and better nutrition for your dairy cows at dairybalance.com. Thanks for joining us today in the Milking Parlor, a Zimcom podcast.